This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tony Reed rattles the cage tomorrow, 4.30, here on ESPN 92.3, the Valley Sports Leader. Someone whose cage we like to rattle occasionally, John Barchard from Bleeding Green Nation, joins us now on the SECV Hotline. John, how are you? Well, first of all, that's what we call a beautiful segue in the radio business. And uh, how about Dan Henderson, even though it's, uh, you know, it's against the local boy there, but uh, four years old, still being able to uh, to take it, uh, you know, take care of business. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the fight or not, but <laughs> everybody, all the people, you know, all the the experts, you know, everybody's saying, you know, you know, Tim Boach has a really good shot. He's younger. He's you know, he's strong. He has you know, power in both hands. But watch out for that right hand from uh, from Dan Henderson, and <laughs> apparently he didn't watch close there enough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's all gearing up for. I'm a, I don't know if you know this, man. I'm a big. I'm a pretty big UFC head, so I'm. I'm excited to see Conor McGregor and all those guys uh, coming up in July here, building up all to all this stuff. So maybe we'll have to have like a little, you know, fighting uh, slumber party or something like that. Something goofy. Okay, that as long as there's no pillow fights, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, I'll get you in touch with Tony Reid though. He's uh, he writes for Fighters oh, Fighters Only magazine. Uh, he does a lot of stuff with the UFC and Bellator and all those guys. So uh, we'll get you hooked up with him too. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. All right. Now, uh, the question I have, first of all, of course, uh, uh, OTA is continuing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, who's going to be the running back when they when they actually uh, play a game? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. I, I know it's kind of uh, – I, I grabbing, obviously, DeMarco Murray here is, the, is, is one of the main guys that is getting all the headlines. And I, I really wish uh, uh, Sergeant Dan was there so I could make fun of uh, Joseph Randall for all his <laughs> – you know, leaving meat on the bone type of comments when he's, you know, <laughs> carried the ball 54 times last year, but we won't get into that too much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it has the potential. And granted, I'm still pretty cautious on how everybody health-wise is, is going to stay on the field and all that. It's still a really exciting backfield to look at. And even with the OTAs in the past couple of days, I've heard a couple of people on the, even, uh, you know, around the NFL, NFL podcast, uh, Lewis Riddick even mentioned it today that, Ryan Matthews looks really great thus far. Um, and again, we can all take that with a grain of salt because it's, it's shells and shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, if it's, if the kind of reconditioning and, and all that stuff, the, the smoothies and all that can keep these guys healthy, including Darren Sproles, it's going to be a nightmare for a lot of teams, you know, especially if 
uh, if they can get that going, and then you have Sam Bradford hopefully, again, can stay healthy and punish them through the air, I mean, that's a pretty wicked offense that, that has the potential of a very, very high ceiling. There's a lot of things that obviously surround that, but um, you know, and, and just going back to Ryan Matthews for a second, there are a lot of people that are saying that maybe he might out carry and outrun DeMarco Murray. And I, I kind of look at it as a, yeah, it's a little bit of a hot take, but, um, and one, I don't think it would be great considering he dumped a whole bunch of money into DeMarco Murray to do that. But I mean, if they can get close, uh, you know, I had projected Matthew somewhere around the 600 to maybe 700 yards for the year, mm-hmm. uh, type of field with maybe like 150 carries, but, you know, if they end up running the ball like crazy, like it's 650 times or something like that, I mean, you can take that right into the playoffs if they do it effectively. Well, let me ask you this. You said it might be a, a nightmare if this offense does come together uh, with basically like a four-headed beast at running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. How much of a nightmare, how much of an ego issue, is there an ego issue amongst those uh, those four guys looking to play with one ball at this point? Yeah, I mean, it, it it could, and there's always a potential for that, but I, I just think that they have uh, the guys there. I, you know, I think if it was a problem or an issue, if they had signed DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews probably would have said, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else because I want to be the guy. But it just seems like, again, it fits into the kind of good teammates, the kind of good players that they are. Uh, you know, Sproles obviously knows his role isn't going to be a guy that carries the ball 25 or 30 times a game. So I I think with that, um, it might help, you know, the next contract for Ryan Matthews. So why, why go be the guy when, you know, I can be in the stud offense and uh, pump my numbers up here, grab some touchdowns, two or a few heads. uh, And then maybe in the next contract, I I can, you know, get, uh, get some more money going there or something like that. So I don't think ego is going to be a problem if that's going, especially if everything's coming, winning cures all those things. So (laughs) if they can figure out, you know, any type of uh, situation with that, you know, maybe five, you know, you're talking probably about like a 5% as far as the workload goes. So instead of 65% to DeMarco, maybe they give, uh, you know, 60 to him and 35 and all along the way. I, I don't see that being a problem uh, at all throughout the season. Okay, you talked about winning, curing all evils. Uh, the one thing it doesn't cure, though, is injury. Uh, where do we stand right now with Sam Bradford as far as the injury recovery is concerned? Well, obviously, I'm not down there with my own two eyes uh, for OTAs. Brandon Lee Gowden, our guy on BleedingGreenNation.com, has been there for every media session. And it looks like from him and just pretty much that everybody who's down there um, has – it's coming along. You know, I think the, the Eagles keep saying it's it's basically where they wanted him at. They're not surprised by any of the progress there. There was some hint, uh, I think, from Jeff McLean that there might have been a setback somewhere in his his process, but it it didn't really look like that anyway. I think they were what they were trying to do, and what they said was, we're going to see how far the knee is at. We're going to see where it's at, you know, and kind of just scale it back from there or keep going forward depending on how it reacts to that. So I think they're still in that. You know, process. I wouldn't expect him to be in the first couple of preseason games either. Um, but, you know, maybe they surprise us all and he kind of moves forward. He still hasn't done 11 on 11 drills in OTAs, has been throwing in seven on sevens and has been turning a few heads to some people that don't know about Bradford's arm. And, you know, it's the first thing that sticks out when you watch him on tape. It's the first thing that sticks out when you watch him live. Um, he's got a great ball. So if they can, uh, you know, Miyagi his knee up, it's going to be a pretty exciting season there yeah i don't think his uh ability his raw talent 
and his preparation was was ever really an issue as far as Sam Bradford is concerned. We're talking with John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com on the SECV hotline on ESPN 92.3. I asked Neil Kulong this uh, about half an hour ago. I'll ask you the same question, John. Uh, I'm going to put you in the bleachers, in the stands, on the field at OTAs. Uh, Give me a couple of positions on both sides of the ball that you are most interested in seeing at this point. Well, I got to tell you, only because it's it's a, a kind of a surprise is Walter Thurman. You know, it's it's uh, who's they've moved to safety now. Uh, everybody had thought that maybe he would battle it out with Brandon Boykin in the slot, or maybe even he's going to battle out for that second uh, CB spot across from uh, Byron Maxwell or something like that. But immediately he just kind of comes out in OTAs and says, "Yep, uh, we're going to move him to safety," and it looks like they kind of gave him the option to do that. So I think that's interesting, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It's just there's, there's the slot guy. Safeties, you know, your free safeties are usually going to cover those guys, so that makes the most sense. It's probably his best shot at staying on the roster because guys like Earl Wolf, who, again, are still kind of injured and not being able to practice in these OTAs really hamper that. Jalen Watkins, who a lot of us thought that, you know, he would be – in the mix for the safety position, hasn't really seen his shot there. And it looks like they're going to keep him on the outside to just leave that cornerback depth that they have. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. As far as the offense, there's a lot of things I really, really want to see. Um, but I guess I got to stick out with the number one pick, Nelson Aguilar, because every time you hear about him and every time you look at it, it's almost like Jordan Matthews' repeat from last year. Mm-hmm. You're hearing like he's really – Really, really down to earth guy, and not only that, he's kicking ass. He's you know he's yelling every time he gets the ball on a kickoff and runs down the field. Uh, I think even today, uh, there was you know he made some incredible catch to kind of end practice. So those things, uh, and, and again, I've, I think I've said it to a couple, uh, you know, excuse me, to you a couple of times where uh, you really like the wide receiving core. It's young, and there's still some development to be made there, but. Yeah, he's he's my guy to kind of see as uh, they start getting closer to training camp here because I think it could be could be another special player that they uh, were able to draft in the first round. Okay, uh, one final question, John. I'll put this this whole thing to bed with Chip Kelly and LaShawn McCoy and the statements that he made earlier, <laughs> and then then the part about him, you know, not wanting to talk about it. If they're really, and I'm not saying LaShawn McCoy is wrong. Okay, uh, if he perceived it as a racial issue, then that, that's the way he saw it. But isn't there some validity to the fact that all of a sudden now he doesn't want to talk about it, he being LaShawn sure. McCoy? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll, put it, I'll, I'll say it for you. He was wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's and, – and I think, um, you know, when you hear all those different types of things, you obviously want to be uh, very cautious about it because you don't know where somebody's coming from. You don't want a bit to be misinterpreted, any of that stuff. But – there's no misinterpretation here, and I I agreed with pretty much everything that Jake Glazer had said. I think he you know, kind of ripped into him, and there's this kind of this tidal wave of of uh, just non-support for what McCoy did and what he presented. I think it's just even more babyish, even more salty that Buffalo reporters, who actually did a great job of like not backing down right. from the question, just to be like, "Hey, we need you to clarify these statements. Do you have anything that you know?" Why didn't you call Chip back? Where you know? Why didn't you receive his phone call? All this other stuff, and he just says, you know, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. So the thing you started, you know, you're not going to talk about it anymore, which I just think is hilarious. And 
it's just, you know, it reeks of saltiness. So I think what it all is, and Jimmy Kemsky from the Philly Voice.com, I think just kind of put it, it's just the stages of grievance and, you know, did it in his own special way with his stick figures and all that stuff. So I think he really wanted to be here in Philadelphia. He's mad that he's not. He had to grasp for a reason why, because it's obviously not his talent, because we all know that he's still talented as much as he'll probably get booed, you know, when he comes back here. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, some some of the things are shocking like that. I think it reflects some of the fan base as well as you know why why would you do these type of things? Why would you? He's been the leading rusher. He's been the bell cow. He's been you know the face of the franchise for a while. So that I understand. I just think it's even more. I don't know. I guess I'll say unmanly. Yeah. No honor in, mm-hmm. in in just kind of like throwing it under the bus to something he started. So. Um, but yeah, that, that being said, that's that's all put to bed. And uh, I guess that that's the other thing I forgot to mention when on the defense, the guy they traded for, Kiko Orlando, looks really, 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 really healthy. Uh, and uh, him and Kendricks together make me very excited to watch football. Okay, I'm I'm just still stuck on the fact that you have you even can entertain the thought that Philly fans would boo somebody. <laughs> How dare we? Right? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> okay, between the booing and the UFC slumber party, I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the two, yeah, the booing's like the cool part. I don't know how, like, UFC slumber party got tied in together, but that was, like, the most unmanliest thing I could have said. Yeah, well, planet, you, you, you said it with... still stands regardless. <laughs> you said it with conviction. That's the way to do it. All right, John. Hey, I appreciate it. We'll be in touch, man. Thank you. John Barcher joining us from BleedingGreenNation.com on the SECV hotline on ESPN 92.3, the Valley Sports Leader.